Good morning, everyone. Last week, I talked about the fact that the quality of our lives are tied to our ability to reset. Knowing when and how to reset, whether it's financially, relationally, physically, mentally, knowing when to reset is key to ensuring that negative and destructive momentum gets stopped and redirected in our lives. If we don't stop and reset, then what happens is we'll simply accumulate more and more baggage, more and more dysfunction, more and more enslaving patterns, and we'll just carry those into the future, increasingly weighed down and hindered. And in Hebrews 12.1, we read that our challenge is to lay aside every hindrance and to lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us. And so with that goal in mind, as we move into 2021, I began a series called Reset last Sunday. And my aim is pretty simple. I want to learn how to drop the dead weight in my life. I want to learn how to get untangled and run unhindered. I want to learn the meta habits, the principles and practices that lead to deep recovery and real renewal and restoration in my life. I think that as we move into 2021, that's critical for all of us. So we started by highlighting the great reset that is available to all of us through Jesus, being born again into a living hope. And that happens as we turn from our own ways and embrace God's ways, yield our lives to him, and God gives us a new identity and mission, and then he begins the work of restoring us. But that great reset isn't the only reset that we need. In terms of salvation, maybe yes, but not in terms of our growth and development and learning to what it means to walk after Jesus and to run our race with freedom, unhindered by those things that entangle us. Hebrews 12.1 is comforting because it makes it clear that even as Christians, there can be things that cause us to go off course, that weigh us down, that pull us down, that hold us back. Martin Luther said the entire Christian life is one of repentance. And he meant by that, that even if you turn over your life to Jesus in a once for all moment, and there's a genuine salvation event to grow into who God has called us to be, we need to be involved in a process of resetting ourselves before God so that we're seeking to follow Jesus and not allowing derailments to keep us off course and offset. And so a critical foundation, a, a, a prayer that I would encourage you to come back to again and again and again in your own life is renew a right spirit within me. Because the quicker we reset, the faster our progress in the Christian life will be. But I also want to emphasize it's not just a matter of resetting really quickly. Returning to God quickly, once we realize we're off course, is really, really important. But after that, we also want to develop wisdom and discernment to realize, okay, instead of just resetting and then eventually going down the same wrong path and then resetting again and going down the same wrong path and resetting and playing out that pattern for a year or a decade, I want to reset with God and then I want to learn new ways of living and being. And that means I need to learn to cooperate with God and learn from him how to organize my life around him. 
one of the things that I've realized about 2021 is that this is a year where I want to be focusing on principles and habits. Last year, I moved into the year with plans and goals, and I love plans and goals. I'm a three on the Enneagram. Goal setting is very motivating for me personally. But plans and goals are really only so only as good as the certainty, predictability, and control I can bring to the domains in which I'm setting goals. When there isn't a lot of certainty, when the external factors that need to be aligned so that you can achieve those goals, when those aren't in place, or when those are constantly shifting, goals and plans go out the window. A lot of people had lots of noble goals and plans moving into 2020. And then life fell apart and their plans go out the window. So how wise is it to organize our lives around plans and goals? I would argue it's much wiser, especially given last year, to organize ourselves around principles and habits. Because when life falls apart, when the external elements don't line up to what we need, principles and habits become even more valuable because they're about things that I can control, that I can do in my life, in my sphere of influence. And they're not nearly as dependent on other people or other circumstances cooperating with me. So as I thought about the habits and principles that I want to be focusing on and slowly building into my life in 2021, one that I've come back to is what I would call kingdom essentialism. So I'll just explain, explain briefly what I mean by that. Essentialism is sort of a term that has um, that's a label, a part of this movement from a book called Essentialism by author Greg McCowan. And he uses the term essentialism to describe a way of living that helps people live unhindered. And the way it does that is by forcing you to continually confront what is non-essential in your life and then to figure out a way to minimize it or get rid of it altogether. According to Greg, he says, essentialism involves doing less, but doing better so that you can make your highest possible contribution. And as I was exposed to this, I guess you'd call it a mindset, this perspective, it's, it's pretty powerful because it really does force you to reckon with the fact that a lot of one's life is driven by non-essential commitments, um, aspirations, goals. Now, the book isn't written from a faith-based perspective, but a lot of it resonates with me as a Christian because even as someone who counts himself a committed follower of Jesus, I, I, I'm... You know, to be honest, I can be pretty embarrassed by what I very reflexively or easily give priority to on any, um, any given day or week or month. Sometimes it's, uh, it's awkwardly embarrassing to admit what gets my best time, my best effort, my investments. And 2020 helped me gain a lot of clarity regarding what is essential in my life. And as I move into 2021, 
I'm thinking through how to live a more essentialist life. But here, here's the key for me. I want that essentialism to be driven and defined by Jesus, not simply my own perspective. Right? Essentialism, as Greg McCallan um, plays it out, is really about discovering what is essential to you and organizing around that. I think there's a place for that question, but for a Christian, that's way down the list in terms of priority. The first question is, what does God say is essential? What is the division that God has revealed between what is essential and non-essential? And again, that's not the same thing as saying good or bad. I'm talking about maybe many, many good things, but within those good things, what is essential? We've been doing that division all throughout 2020, right? Essential has become a big word. We heard about essential workers and discovered what our public health authorities deem to be essential services. Movies, non-essential. Gyms, non-essential. Schools, uh, you know, it's kind of a weird mixture. Non-essential at certain times, essential at others. Grocery stores, essential. Liquor stores, essential. Church worship services or religious gatherings, non-essential. Now, you and I probably disagree on some of these designations and the reasoning behind them, but this division between essential and non-essential really drove a lot of our conversations. And I think that's a really good thing because as a Christian, I wanna leverage that conversation and use it as a catalyst to determine what is actually essential for my life as a follower of Jesus. Like, what is essential? If I claim that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, I'm serving him, I'm, I'm dedicated to him. If that's true for me, then what things go in the essential category and what things go into the non-essential? Let me share with you three scriptures that I believe give any Christian a foundation for building and living into a kingdom essentialism. So it's not the only scriptures that one could use to understand how to follow Jesus in terms of his priorities, but I think these are, we got to start here. This is kingdom essentialism. Number one, Jesus defines for us what our essential pursuit should be. God's mission and character. The essential pursuit is God's mission and character. In Matthew 6, 33, Jesus says, after talking about all the priorities, all the values, all the paths that people who aren't centered on God uh, walk down, run towards, chase after, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. So Jesus says, your essential pursuit as a Christian is to pursue God's mission, the kingdom of God, God's rule and reign here and now, and his righteousness, his character. I want to become like God in my character. But we're also given an essential priority, and that priority is honoring and glorifying God. The first three commandments do a really good job of honing this in. The first commandment, when God delivers his people out of darkness, out of slavery, and says, I'm going to make you into a new nation. He says, I want you to have no other gods before me. I come first. I am your priority. 
How do you make me a priority? You do not make an idol for yourself. There are no competing interests. That's the second command. You don't bow down to them. You don't serve them. You are bowing down to me. You serve me. Nothing else is your master. Nothing else is your commander. Nothing else is your leader. And then the third is don't misuse the name of the Lord your God. And if I could paraphrase that for contemporary ears, it's God saying, don't live or walk in a way that diminishes my reputation. Don't claim the name, don't carry the name Christian and walk and live in a way that looks to those watching you that you couldn't care less about your commitment to me. So God says, you have an essential priority. Every Christian does. And that is to bring me honor and to put me first. And then we're given an essential command to love God and other people every day. That is the capital C command that we are compelled to creatively keep every day of our lives. These religious scribes go to Jesus. There's lots of commands. They're all valuable. They're all important to God. But which command is most important, Jesus? And they're doing this to test him, to kind of see how he reads and understands God's law. And Jesus said, this is the most important one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. We have an essential pursuit. We're given an essential priority. And we're given an essential command. And so in answering the question, what is essential in my devotion to Jesus in 2021? There might be other things we put on the list. We'll get there in a second. But the non-negotiables, the things that you can't actually sidestep, are the fact that you are given an essential pursuit to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This doesn't mean trying to get into heaven. It means seeking to cooperate with God in establishing his will here in your life as it is in heaven and growing into the character of God. And you are given an essential priority, honor and glorify God. Worship him alone. Don't allow competing priorities, idols, from overtaking your most central an animating commitment. Live in a way that honors God. And you are given an essential command. And all that you do, work to creatively strive to love God with every part of your being and then extend that love to those around you. Everyone in our church should agree on those essentials. Not because I'm highlighting them, not because they're my idea, but because God is highlighting them. God says these are essential if you want to be a part of my mission. These are not things that we get to deem as non-essential while at the same time saying, oh yeah, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'm a disciple. See, Jesus gets to define for you and I what essentialism looks like. Essentialism doesn't begin and end with our perspective. Kingdom essentialism begins and ends with Jesus's perspective. Now, do you and I, does everybody in our church live out these essentials in the same way? No, 
right? The beauty of the body of Christ is that my unique shape as a believer is different than yours, right? I have different spiritual gifts that overlap with a different heart that bring different talents and skills into play. And I have a different personality and I have a whole back catalog of all kinds of experiences, good, bad, and ugly that God has used to shape me. And all of those come together in a very unique way to reflect God's grace into the world. And those uh, cohere in your life to reflect God's grace into the world in a different way, right? So you and I might parent differently. I might spend my disposable income on different things. I might choose to invest my resources over here where you choose to in, uh, invest them over here. That is the good part of Christian freedom. But what makes that freedom and that flexibility Christian is the fact that we should be doing those things with these essentials in mind. So yes, there's flexibility, but it's bounded by the essential pursuit and the essential mission and the essential priority and command. How much of my life, how much of your life right now aligns to those kingdom essentials? How much of your life is cluttered by good things, but not altogether essential things? Things that are like, not, not maybe not even that much of a hindrance, certainly not sinful, but they're really only sort of tangentially tethered to God's essential pursuit and priority and command. See, in order to run unhindered and to really make progress in our Christian lives, we need to regularly reset. And that means we stop and we ask God to help us reset. But we don't reset to the pursuits and priorities that we have come to see as essential. Part of the reset is we say, God, I want to make sure these pursuits and priorities are aligned with what you say is essential. And so God, I invite your Holy Spirit to examine my heart and my life, not just for the bad things, but God, for the non-essential things, which I have slid over into the essential category. And so this year in this series, this week, like today, right now, this is a good time to ask God to do a work in us that moves us into greater kingdom essentialism. And if you want to experience a kingdom of God reset in your life, you're going to need to start with the question, what is essential for me as a Christian right now? And you will need to allow that question to challenge you and to confront you and maybe even to close down things that are happening in your life because they aren't actually helping you run the race that God has called you to. So I have a very simple assignment, but it's not necessarily easy. The assignment that I want to give you is also not just a one and done. It's not something that you can just pause this message after, do it once and then leave it. I, I really would encourage you to set a reminder somehow in a calendar or in your phone. Do this every day this week. I want you to take at least five minutes, ideally more, quiet yourself, take a moment to pray, take a notepad out, something that you can write on, 
and ponder and pray around two questions. God, what essential things have I been neglecting? And the second is, what non-essential things have I been mistakenly prioritizing? Those are the only two questions I want you to move into and through and then write down day over day what you sense God revealing to you. The first question, God, what, what essential things have I been neglecting? And the second question is, God, what non-essential things have I been mistakenly prioritizing? So you come back to these every day. Just for this week, but we're going to create an intentional space, five, ten minutes, to allow God to do some renovations on our heart so that we can better align ourselves to what is truly essential. Cast off the things that are hindering us so that we can run the race well and with fullness and freedom and enjoyment because it's terrible to run a race when you are hindered and weighed down. We can't reset without turning to Jesus and we can't reset in Jesus without coming back to what he says is essential in terms of our pursuit and priority and command. It's his kingdom, it's his glory that we're living for. So let's allow him to lead us into a kingdom essentialism that brings glory to God and profound transformative good to our neighbors and our community. So as you go, friends and family of Nelson Covenant Church, may you live into the essential pursuit of God's mission and call to righteousness. May you live into the essential priority of honoring God in all things. And may you live into the essential command to love God and others fully, selflessly, and skillfully. And may the love of God the Father, the grace of God the Son, and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with you all this week. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless. Have a great week.